0: Where to, where to hunt podcast yes it's, it's it's okay it's okay it's okay
1: hi i'm dan small host of outdoor wisconsin and i listen to where to hunt man it's okay i'm kurt Geyer with working class bow hunter i listen to where to hunt podcast and it's decent it's,
2: decent. Uh, it's all right Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right.
3: Hey there, everybody. I don't know why I just did that. I'm super tired. Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts, a.k.a. The OKS Podcast in the Midwest, coming to you from the OKS Hunter Podcast Studio. Be sure to head over to OKSHunter.com and enter in code W2H Podcast for 10% off of some OKS shirts and hats. And 1% of their revenue and 1% of their time goes to 2% of conservation. So every purchase goes back to conservation and I'll personally be volunteering some time for that organization, which I'm really excited about. We're going to be removing some buckthorn off some uh, public property here in Wisconsin. Sweet. Yeah, that'll probably suck pretty bad.
2: I won't be so bad.
3: That's what you say.
2: (laughs) That's what you say. Well, uh, Greg, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you?
3: I'm just adjusting to a new week of routine. So (laughs) if I'm off tonight, pick up my slack. Okay. Oh, This drink will help. Maybe, maybe. the Ashwabanan, whatever the hell that Scotch is called, I just polished that one off. It's pretty tasty. Atta boy. Mm-hmm. Um, we were out last Friday. Yeah. Checked some cams. We planted a new Dropped one. A
2: cam, moved some cams. Yeah. Uh, let them soak for a couple weeks here and see who uh, see who shows up. And kind of went past a couple places and. And say, you know, maybe we should go check those out. So it'll be uh, probably on my list of things to do over the weekend yep. shortly here. Seeing so, you can't get out on a lake anywhere without getting harassed by too many people. Uh, so many people hitting the lakes like right now. saving a turtle? Yeah, like saving a turtle <laughs> or something.
3: That's right. We well, we didn't save the turtle. We actually just removed it from its egg laying bed. Which, so it wouldn't cross
2: the road and get schmucked. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, that's fine.
3: Potato, potato. We don't know what could have happened. Uh, we tried to do something nice, but uh, let's do our sponsorship callouts. I'm not sure which ones. I always forget. I have them labeled. Here we go. Uh, we'll do. Hmm.
2: Let's do this just, one. Just do that one.
1: Wake up and smell the coffee. Backwoods grind coffee, that is. Now this ain't your fancy schmancy city boy coffee. This is what your grandpappy used to drink. And lucky enough for you loaf around slackasses, they got a subscription service. Deliver any other six blends right to your door. Even a sampler. I like the Fireside blend. Nice and dark. But they got something to suit every one of your tastes. Light to dark and everything in between. Backwoods Grind Coffee. For those who work hard and play harder. Yeehaw. Take a look at your feet. Are you wearing Gumleaf USA boots? You said no. You gotta reevaluate some things. Each pair is handmade and tested to take over a million flexes. These boots will take just about anything you can throw at them. Use promo code W2H2020 for 10% off your final purchase at gumleafusa.com.
3: All right, so. so
2: you hired Big Text to do two ads. Mm-hmm. Nice, go- nice job. Yeah, it
3: turned out nice. I'm supposed to follow that up. Well, but the one thing I'm missing still is the promo code for Backwoods Grind. So if, <laughs> we got to get that added in there, which we're working on. But uh, the code is W2H Podcast, and like the ad said, you're gonna get 10 percent off. So you can do Vector. We're not there yeah, yet. We yeah. gotta, we gotta like make something fun. So like, instead, people get the real, authentic Greg talking about the real authentic brand. Screw ups and everything. That's the best part.
2: So we'll kick it off by saying if you're looking for a built to your spec arrow, heavy carbon arrow, rocking the ethics insert system, uh, built to your specification, you like a heavier arrow or a lighter arrow depending on your application, uh, head over to VectorCustomShop.com and check them out. You can go with a test pack of two arrows uh, built however you want them. You can get them in and shoot them and try them out or uh, if you figure that one out and, and you figure out what you want you can uh, go ahead and order a half dozen or a dozen of whatever flew best for you, whatever weight um, and when you go to checkout uh, use the, the code where to hunt where to Hunt will give you 10% off. Vector Custom Shop.
3: Look at that. I mean, if I would have done it, it probably would have sounded like this. It wasn't,
2: wasn't real smooth.
3: Vector Custom Shop. Where arrows fly magically.
2: <laughs> and now I'm going to have to kick your ass. <laughs> All right, we're you done. You didn't done. just do that. We're done
3: messing around. we got a guest on the line with us. Uh, Slade Johnston with Trips for Trade. Thanks for uh, putting up with our crazy silliness. And uh, welcome to the show, man.
2: Your crazy silliness.
4: hey guys thanks for having me
3: heck yeah we're excited to talk to you we had some time lined up before but i goofed and double booked like the idiot that i am uh murphy's law like hangs out with me a lot these days so um you're here now and we're we're happy to talk to you why don't you take a minute tell the audience who you are where you're from what do you like to hunt all that good stuff
4: yeah so uh glad we were able to connect this afternoon and excited to to chat with you guys for a little bit but uh but yeah lay so johnson i'm the uh, founder of trips for trade and uh, essentially it's a platform for swapping trips you can swap hunting trips fishing trips um, vacation skiing sports tickets really anything that you've got access to um, you can swap it for a different trip you want to go on and we're headquartered in tuscaloosa alabama uh, i grew up in west alabama an avid outdoorsman and Uh, I'd say my, my favorite time is springtime so I can be turkey hunting, um, but also an avid bow hunter and excited to, to get in a tree this fall.
3: Rock on. So Alabama, what's the geographically challenged over here? What's the temperature there when you're starting to hunt in spring or in fall for deer? What, what are your seasons like?
4: Yeah, so starting out, um, you know, early bow season in October, it is hot, um, really hot. We're looking probably, you know, 80 degree weather going into some days can still be uh, low 90s. So you're, you're, you almost want to be in a short sleeve t-shirt for those hunts. Um, But then you got some, some cold fronts that come in and uh, kind of mix it up a little bit. And then in the spring, um, it it really varies. Our, Our weather's changing so much. It looks like um, I think this past spring it, it stayed cold a little bit longer, um, and didn't really get hot till towards the end of turkey season. Uh, but you never really can tell. Alabama weather is—it uh, it can mix it up on you.
3: Yeah, we got that up here, but I don't know. Usually, it's like extreme colds is more of our concern half the time. Although, at least there's no mosquitoes when it's cold out. <laughs> That's a big plus.
4: Yeah, we don't. We- we don't get too cold. Thankfully. Um, uh, you know, we, we call anything from 40 to 50 degrees. is pretty cold here. It's a little bit different from you guys up there.
3: Yeah, no doubt, man. You're not kidding. We got a, a friend down in Arkansas and he, he's got some funny ways of saying how hot it is down there, but yeah, he's t-shirt <laughs> hunting and it's, it's not pretty. The, the sweat pouring out of that man. Well,
4: uh, you know, walk yeah, a- it can be rough sometimes. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well just watch the Instagram page and watch how bad I suffer come early September trying to do what I do, but um walk us through kind of the where did this all start, man? Like how did you come up with this concept and how did you like put it together? That's not easy. I mean, we're trying to do something similar with the Word Hunt app. And you know, it's not easy to find someone to build something for you, validate an idea, get it out to market, promote it, um manage it, maintain it, etc. Well, uh, Idea to launch to where you're at now. Tell us some of the story.
4: Yeah, so uh, it's definitely it's been a path. Um, we haven't nothing. There's been nothing easy about it, but thankfully we've had a lot of support and um, a lot of help along the way. But you know, early early on, I guess where the story originates is is growing up in West Alabama and being an avid outdoorsman. Um, I was in the woods every chance I could get. You know, very fortunate to. I grew up on a family farm where my grandpa both my grandfathers and my dad were just in, had me in the woods any, any chance that they uh, could take me and especially uh one grandfather he was um he was checking me out of school on the on weekdays because I had buck fever and um and any chance on the weekend he was he was taking me hunting or fishing and he was really well known in our in west Alabama for being kind of one of the best turkey hunters in this area um he was he was really good turkey hunter and Um, and so I kind of picked up the the passion for that from him. And when I was in middle school, he had one bird left in his grand slam. And for the non-turkey hunters, that's, that's harvesting each of the four subspecies of turkeys in the U S and he had that one bird left and I desperately wanted to go on that trip with him. And he told me, no, that once I got to college, we'd start mine. And what he was really saying was it was a boy's trip and he wasn't taking me along because he didn't want me to go back and tell my grandmother what all they were doing. I'm sure. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway did you ever tell her they uh <laughs> they they went on and he finished his grand slam and you know I kind of always looked forward to to starting mine with him um well he, he got sick when I got into high school and then my freshman year of college he passed away and that was really the toughest thing I'd ever been through Ugh. it was the first family member I'd lost and on top of that it was uh you know it was my best friend and my hunting buddy um and so kind of going through that my dad was just kind of talking to me the next couple of seasons. And was like, you know, why don't you and I start your grand slam kind of memory of him. So I was like, you know, that'd be awesome. And he's like, well, look at some outfitters and try to plan it. And so started looking at different outfitters and I'm like, you know, this is going to be a big expense. We're looking at five to $10,000, you know, even more if he's wanting to shoot as well. And um, it's like, you know, I just really don't want to ask my dad to do that right now. It just, it doesn't make sense for us um, to spend that kind of money right now. And so I was like, but why not swap a trip? My grandfather's been doing it with friends of friends for years. Uh, we're always, you know, we're big on, on the, the sharing outdoors, especially with first timers and taking them to our farm and, and introducing them to it. Uh, I was like, you know, we already have a, a camp they could stay at. And, and, you know, we're already familiar with hosting people. We don't run an outfit or anything, but, um, but we could swap a turkey hunt for a different subspecies. And so I got on a, uh, on a social app and found a guy in Colorado that was posting some pictures of Miriam's and, Um, and I reached out to him and I was like, you know, we, we got really good Eastern Turkey hunting in Alabama. Um, would you be interested in swapping for, uh, you know, to take me Miriam hunting? And he said, you know, he said, we're covered up in Miriam's, you and your dad are welcome to come, but I hear you guys have hogs in Alabama. Would it be any, uh, chance that I could bring my son and we come hog hunting and us in Alabama hogs are a nuisance. So, uh, we were more than happy to to (laughs) make that exchange. Well, him, him and his son, they came down uh, to Alabama and both killed their first hogs and just had incredible experience. We ended up deer hunting and duck hunting too. And, um, and then my dad and I flew out to Colorado to start my Grand Slam and uh, found a really awesome elk shed on that trip. And, um, and we've actually went back, I think four times now, maybe five times since then, uh, just built an incredible relationship with this guy. Went back uh, mule, spot and stalk mule deer hunting I'm going to go back elk hunting in the future, and um, and then him and his son or his daughters came before too, and they come to our farm just to do some hog hunting and deer hunting. So, um, just built an awesome relationship there, and that was kind of what spurred um, you know the idea for trips for trade. At the time, I was also going through business school at, at the University of Alabama, and um, and you know was kind of thinking, knew I always had some ideas that I wanted to start a business, but didn't know what it was and. So with those classes and all, us, really just kind of did the due diligence to see what was out there. Um, you know, saw there were some forums, but there really wasn't any credibility to the forums. Um, saw there was a huge vacation exchange industry. Um, but where I really saw the gap was there wasn't anybody combining the four categories that we do. And those are outdoors, adventure, vacation, and sports. Um, and there really wasn't anybody credible in the hunting and fishing space. And so that was where we figured we could start in hunting and fishing and quickly be kind of the, the best in that space um, and then also let people have more access to hunting and fishing by leveraging their lake houses, their beach condos, season sports tickets, uh, and stuff like that, ski passes, and really anything else they had access to. So that kind of is what differentiated us. Um, and you asked about the journey from to, to get it to market. We started with... Um, really just friends of mine around the country probably probably 20 or so I would say and I was connecting those guys and making sure that they were having a good experience and um, that was with a very early stage website that wasn't scalable and then we then we upgraded to the site we have now to where um, you know it, it is, does have a lot more scale to it but this is still kind of um, just our v2 of not where we want to be so we're about to launch a new platform that's um gonna have a lot new features, a lot more credibility checks than we have now. Um, we're gonna launch a Perks program we're real excited about with a lot of our industry partners. And just to kind of get where we are, it's it's taken a lot of we've, we've a lot of just connecting with people that are avid in outdoor space on um, on social media. We've uh, we you know we talked about Brad at Go Wild earlier. That's um, somebody that's been an influential race relationship for us. Um, real connected with the guys that you do as well. Uh, so just trying to connect with outdoor communities everywhere we can and uh, trying to partner with um, with prominent brands that can help us get the name out there.
3: Yeah, you've done a, a great job. Um, it's not easy to build this kind of stuff. And maybe it's easier today than maybe it was five-plus years ago. I mean, the, the technology that you have at your fingertips is, like you said, it's a little more scalable, more accessible. The skill set around it is kind of more mainstream now where people are coming out of high school and they've learned this stuff, you know, people take PHP in like eighth grade now apparently <laughs> and, and Python and Java and all this <laughs> other stuff. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. Um, so that's, that's cool to kind of hear some of the journey and the fact that it came from an experience and one that was so meaningful to you too, that's quite the driver and the serendipity of that being right along the time you are in business school for you to be able to kind of put those chops to use is pretty cool.
4: It was. We were, it was definitely some great time in there. And uh, like I said, we had a lot of support from from mentors and um, and different professors, even in college, and got to use this for I ended up staying and getting my MBA at Alabama and um, was able to use the business towards class credit for, for the graduate degree. So um, all that was was just stepping stones. And the university had a few business plan competitions. We, we've won um, several competitions with our business plan and uh, that provided just grant funding, and uh, then we raised some capital from, from a lot of, uh, I guess, local angel investors. And uh, that's kind of got us where we are now. Right now, we've got trips, and uh, we just, this past week, we got trips in all 50 states, and I think we're in 11 countries right now.
3: I think that's so impressive. So, like, you know, I tagged uh, some some fellow podcasters, the Pulling Feathers guys, um, and they're down south somewhere. Wyoming. or Wyoming, my bad. Um, but they just did like a giveaway for like bird hunting, goose hunting, I think.
2: Yeah. I want to hunt with them.
3: And they hunt all the time. That's like waterfall. Waterfall. That's all they do. Like it's their freaking life, you know? And so they're like, well, and we figure we give a (laughs) hunt away. The people just come hunting with us. All they got to do is pay for their, their plane ticket. And we got room board. We got, you know, hundreds of decoys and all the gear. We're basically a bunch of outfitters. It's our life. And, uh, so I take them thinking, you, you look like you were looking for someone that's looking to do some waterfowl hunting and what better, what better place to send them to you. Right. There's another serendipitous connection, but the, the concept of what if you don't have something to offer? Like I don't have anything to offer. I got a, a messy house with two kids and no time on my hands. And uh, is there any way to take advantage of, you know, your program if you don't have something to trade?
4: Yeah, that's, that's actually a question we get often. Um, and there's two answers to that. One, a lot of times people kind of overlook what they could offer. Um, you know, I know with, with you guys, especially in your audience, a lot of public land hunters, um, you know, you might not actually own property, but you might have a lot of experience on public land. Um, this past spring, I swapped with a guy or, or finished the second half of a swap with a guy in Missouri. Um, he came last year and turkey hunted with me and killed his uh first alabama bird and then this spring we went up there and hunted the mark Twain national forest and um and he just gave us you know he's been hunting for 10 15 years and had a lot of pens that he shared with us and um and kind of guided us and um and anyways that was you know though he didn't have private land he had knowledge of public land that was still valuable to us being a turkey hunter and kind of knowing the ropes just having somebody point me in the right direction was really all we needed to, for me to, to tag out there. So, um, you know, a lot of times people don't realize what they do have access to that is valuable. A lot of times we overlook what we're so common to. um, But even if it's the uh, something in a different category, such as a, you know, a family vacation home or sports tickets or ski passes, um, you know, something as little as that can still be valuable to somebody else because, you know, obviously, it's something that you enjoy and it's valuable to you. Um, and then on the second half, the second part of that question, if you truly don't have any of those things that we mentioned or anything that kind of fit in our categories of an experience, um, we we're, the new program that I mentioned earlier, our perks program. This is where we're, we're like I said, we're partnering with. It's going to shake out to about 50 well-known brands, uh, Realtree, HHA, Onyx, and a bunch of other. Uh, to just give discount codes to our members Um, so even signing up to be a member you'll get access to those codes and then we're working with all of our members that sell trips so that they will offer a special discount um, to our members only Uh, so say it's an outfitter if you were to go straight direct to them um, you might could save 10% of that by uh, being a member with us and going through our platform so uh, just something we can still offer people that are looking to buy trips uh, if they don't have anything to trade. Well,
3: that's smart and it makes sense. Um, but I, I like the idea or the concept of before you get there, just take a second to get creative about what's in your wheelhouse and think about it based on what you might want. So like, where do you recommend people get started? My my, I'll answer the question from my perspective I'll let you actually answer it. But my thought is just go there and browse and see if anything trips your trigger. And if it does, And it's something that you think you desire enough to want to figure out, then work backwards from that. So, Greg, if we find there's a hunt in Wyoming that we could get outfitted for, and all it takes is to trade some Packers tickets or something, well, that's interesting, right?
2: One, you got to be Packers fans, and two... Two, we got to have a Packers season. And three, I'm just being hypothetical. Wherever you're pulling these (laughs) Packer tickets from, I'd like to find out. That's
3: whatever they're willing to trade. Maybe I'll just go get that thing and it might outweigh what I would have paid to go do that thing, anyways.
4: (laughs) It is funny that the uh, value, another question we often get is uh, the value question. And so often these trips aren't aligning in value because that is something that's so subjective. Um, And you know, you sometimes, value something less than somebody that's never done it before would Um, you know so so often it could be thousands hundreds to thousands of dollars of difference in these trips but they're more worried about the experience versus the say the price tag that would go on that Um, but one thing you did mention is the uh, kind of about the next steps and i would say two ways yes definitely browse the the website look at the trips there Um, you know we've got filters so you can narrow it down by the states you're looking for, um, and just see if anything interest you. And, and obviously if it's something that um, you've got what they're looking for, then, then you definitely need to go ahead and, and get signed up and we'll connect you with them right away. Um, but still on the other, the other end, a lot of our guys are doing the same thing. So if you've got something to offer, even though you might not see a trip initially that is, you know, the trip you want to take this year, we're adding trips every day. And that they're doing the same thing. They're going there, looking what's available. And so by having, by signing up and having your listing on the site, it's basically serving as an ad for you. So anybody that comes to the site, they have what you are interested in. They can reach out to you. So you know it's working for you, even when you're not checking out the site that way. And it's not up to you to just scroll, scroll through the hundreds of trips we have and and try to find that right match
3: well, that makes sense that's the other end of the spectrum i suppose uh you know someone in the comments uh made kind of a joke i think but it's a question that i think could be a real question um they said you know i trade but it takes like four years for a non-resident to draw an iowa tag and i'm assuming they're talking about whitetail hunting but yeah. how does that work with like if i don't have a license for that animal i'm assuming i have to them, buy that or what about well, yeah like you're draws? gonna have to
2: buy you're gonna have to buy a license but it's gonna have to be in a general unit
3: sure maybe
2: that's what it is out west anyway got it's a little yeah so go ahead
4: go ahead
3: no you go ahead all right before these two guys decide who's gonna really start talking next um let's get into the shot of the week hey folks the shot of the week is brought to you by vector custom shop Head on over to VectorCustomShop.com, use code WEAR, the number two, the word HUNT, and get 10% off of your final purchase. Uh, These guys make incredible products, so if you haven't heard of them, they build arrows uh, custom built to your specs. Now, depending on how you shoot your bow and what you're shooting in terms of your draw length, your draw weight, uh, single cam, dual cam, are you hunting out of a tree stand, a saddle on the ground? Are you hunting elk? Are you hunting mule deer? Are you hunting whitetail, turkey, etc.? Um, they take all of that into consideration to outfit that arrow build with an ethics insert outsert system uh, built specifically for your specifications, and then it's delivered to your doorstep. If you haven't heard of them, please go check them out. This section is brought to you by Vector Custom Shop. Let's hear our shot of the week this week.
5: All right, so uh, so last year I had about ten minutes, or not ten, it was about thirty minutes till dark. I had about ten minute walk down to the bottom of uh, my grandparents' property, uh, and it was planted in corn last year. I think it was like November third, and I thought, what the heck, you know? So I grabbed the camera, grabbed my bow, and um, ran down this creek, and I spotted some does out in the field, and was able to sneak down the ditch and get up just in a high enough to get my bow. like to where like the arrow was probably like just a couple inches off the ground and, uh, ended up having two does walk up on me at 10 yards. I had the camera on them and they busted me. And, uh, one ran off in the woods and the other one ran out in the field and she was pretty far in my setup last year. I felt pretty comfortable. So I thought, what the heck? I let down, readjusted my camera. When I ranged her, she was 62 yards. I was like, okay. Wow. I was like, that's my bottom pin. I can make this shot. So I redrew my bow. And when I shot, she dropped. I was like, Aw- awesome. You know, uh, I guess I hit her a little high or whatever. But <clears throat> what had happened was um, I didn't realize what I'd done. Uh, but when I went back, when I walked to her, the arrow was through the back of her head and coming out her mouth. And Holy I thought, shit. oh, my God. I was just like bragging on camera about dropping this dough at 62 yards. And I made a really Unethical shitty shot, honestly. But when I went back and re-watched the footage, uh, I put a piece of paper on the deer's back, and what she had done is she had ducked and turned at the most unperfect time here in that arrow release. Yep. And it, it hit her right in the back of the head. If uh if she had just uh if she had just ducked, I'd have shot over five or six inches over her yeah. back. Uh but she turned into the wrong freaking spot, that is for sure.
3: Wow. That has got to be the craziest shot for the shot of the week I think <laughs> I've ever heard.
5: Yeah, uh, there's a video on YouTube somewhere of it, and I got blasted for real. Like everybody's like, "Why well, would you take a shot like that and an alert doe?" No. It's like, well, I don't know. I just live and learn, I guess. <laughs> Is it? I mean, most most guys won't come out and say it, but it's like it's just a doe. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I was gonna try my look at the farthest shot I've ever taken, and I did. And, She
3: died quick. That's all I can say. So from that perspective is definitely ethical. Hey, that was from uh, Jacob, Jacob Emery. He was on the show a little while back and uh, we appreciate him sharing his shot of the week. Obviously he got some blowback for that. So hopefully that doesn't happen again as a second uh, coming here, but a pretty crazy shot and definitely rates for the shot of the week. Let's get back into our interview with Slade Johnston with trips for trade.
4: (laughs) Well, we see the, the neat thing about this and um, is you're trading with the local and the person you're talking to, the host of that trip, has knowledge of their unit. They know what it takes to, for you to get that tag. Um, and they're going to be able – I know a lot of people have this kind of uh, anxiety when they look to go out of state because they're like, oh, the, the, the license rules and tags and draw and all that's you know, just so different from my state. And it can really be a barrier for somebody to travel and hunt. Um, But with us, you're talking with a local that knows that. They've been taking friends with them for years probably, so they know the system for non-residents and people from out of state. So um, through that, they can advise you on what you need to do. And and with the comment about being several years to draw a tag for a specific unit, what we've seen is basically just a guarantee like, hey, once you draw that tag, then that's the year we'll swap. Um, So go ahead and line that up ahead of time, and they'll tell you, you know, here's the unit you need to be applying for, um, and once you draw, then we'll we'll make that exchange. Um, or, you know, if you if you feel real comfortable with the person, and uh, we're working on some, actually some other, like an accountability deposit to, to help with this, but um, you could swap, you know, maybe you, you host them this year, and then you've kind of banked that trip for, for when you do draw in the future to go ahead and secure it. Um, and at the end of the day, what we find is you know, thankfully, we haven't had any experiences yet where somebody didn't, um, you know, hold up their end of the deal. Uh, uh, that's probably inevitable. We will have some of those experiences eventually. But the good thing about our community is, um, one, that there is a little bit of a barrier to entry with a with a membership fee. Um, two, you've got the credibility checks on the platform. And three, really just our, our kind of that outdoorsman persona is um, somebody that, that really believes in the doing to others uh, kind of mindset. So you scratch my back, I scratch yours. And, um, and we really want to help each other and take care of each other. So it works really well with our model.
3: That's cool. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what are some of the, I guess, what's one of the more extreme trades you've seen and then, you know, what's some of the more common ones you notice regularly just to give people, uh, some perspective on this?
4: yeah i think um this past year we had some uh pictures sent in from a successful swap in hawaii for axis deer um Mm. i believe they swapped uh bow hunt in iowa maybe um there's a deer hunt somewhere but but yeah deer hunt for for axis deer in hawaii and like that was a really cool trip the family could go to the beach while while somebody goes on axis hunt but um we've seen a lot of Turkey hunts that, you know, kind of originated from, from me being a Turkey hunter, tracing the grand slam um, to a lot of our guys are doing that same thing. They're leveraging their, their properties to, to check off different States and go after the, once they finish the grand slam, go after the, the super slam and, um, and get the lower 49 States. So, you know, a lot of Turkey for Turkey um, we've seen some vacation homes like lake houses for say a family reunion, swap for offshore fishing um let's see at we had some people who recently lined up an alligator hunt for a, a big whitetail hunt uh florida and illinois i believe so it's really just all across the board a lot of our most of our trips are in the hunting and fishing space uh we've got a good bit of vacation trips and um and then we're kind of starting to grow our adventure and um and sports categories, which, as you guys mentioned, the the sports ticket still is kind of in limbo right now with all of this going on. <laughs> yeah, right.
3: No doubt. Well, the adventure category seems like one that when I was younger, I was pretty much all about that lifestyle. And uh, with two little ones, that's changed quite a bit. But, you know, hunting <laughs> is, is one where I think it'd be interesting if you think about something you want to try, that might be a really cool way to dip your toe into something and just get a sense of what it's like and just try it. I think that is a super logical approach. Um, it sounds fun That's, too, really. Absolutely. And then you probably get to learn about these people, meet them. You know, is it is it a total even like a keeled exchange where you're literally in two different places at opposite times? Or is there any crossing of paths there that exists outside of the platform?
4: So most, you know, all of our exchanges typically are um they're direct swaps but at different dates so with with most of the hunting and fishing you're always going to have a host um uh, not very very rarely is somebody just going to say here's my property go hunting um but that does happen but but for the most part you're going to be hosting them or at least kind of you know helping them show them the property lines and then showing them what they can and can't do and stuff like that and then they'll do the same for you um but but yeah so very rarely would it be an indirect like um you know, us going at the same time, but that could happen in the vacation category with vacation homes. Um, Just not so much.
3: Yeah. The monetary thing that you were talking about before, like at least like the value side, I find to be pretty cool just because, I mean, there's some people that have more money than I'll ever see in my life. And that's the thing they care about the least, you know? And someone that has the least amount of money, they tend to care about it the most. So, of course, the perception on that lower <laughs> side of the scale is, "Oh my God, this doesn't equate." You know, this isn't enough. But the people that have all that money, they don't give a shit. You know, they they really do want to just try something. And uh, if they like to, yeah. some of them like to really give back and help as much as they can. And I think that equation uh, that you mentioned makes sense for that reason, in my mind.
4: Absolutely, and that's something. You know, just a quick story on that. Um, I know we connected a guy in Louisiana this year that um, that he, you know, had an awesome farm, I think deer, duck, hog, had a a vacation place in maybe Grand Isle with, uh, with really good fishing, like, you know, really had all these offerings, um, and then also just sold his company. So, you know, made millions of dollars by selling a, a very successful company. And, you know, his words to me was, uh, you know, I'm not interested, you know, the price is nothing. I'm not interested in value. He said, I just want to meet somebody else that I just want to build some relationships with people that, that love it as much as I do and be able to share what I have and, and to take on some new experiences in different States. That's um, good. So that's, that's a big piece of it.
3: Yeah, that's cool. One of the listeners, Levi actually uh, from bone feathers just said, it's hard to put money, a dollar amount on a great experience and newfound friendship, which is super true. 100%. It's a quote. There's a quote from Avengers that I, out of the entire Avengers movie and series and all of that oh, stuff, the Endgame, there was a quote from Iron Man's dad uh, where he said, you know, not a, what was it? No amount of money ever bought a single second of time. That's a pretty cool quote when you're considering pretty, that you're, you're in the experience business, right? Yeah. It's not about money. It's about the experience.
4: That, that's something that we push very heavily. We, we agree with that 100%. Is, and that's why we intentionally don't put values of trips. Uh, there's not a price tag on the trip or anything, because if our, our kind of our motto is, if it's worth it to you, if, if somebody reaches out to swap, if it's worth it to you, make the make the exchange. Don't worry about, well, you got to pay me an extra $200 because mine's worth it. You know, that's not going to work out. That's going to lead to somebody worried about the value versus the experience, and um, and so we we don't want to encourage any of that.
3: Sure. So how are you like the amount of testimonies and like, I'm, I'm a marketer by trade. So like my mind's going, you got to have stories coming out of you. you know, what, um, how are you like promoting this? What does that look like? Because here you are now on the podcast, I guess that's one way, but our reach is, you know, who knows a couple of people might hear it. Right. But you know, how are you getting louder to create and raise awareness around this? It sounds like you have some things you're working on with some uh, partners like HHA, you had mentioned wearing their super cool hat that they just got us, uh, which is neat, but you know, what are some other ways you're pumping that stuff out? I think there's just gotta be a ton of stories you could, you could gather from that.
4: Yeah. So we've, we've kind of got a, uh, we've hitting it from every different angle from, um, uh, social media. We try to, we try to post a trip a day on there, uh, and try to keep up with the, the trips we're adding. That's done real well for us. Uh, we do a little bit of advertising. We, we we're starting to get a little bit more heavy into that, uh, with with just paid search and um, and and ads but we did uh, a bunch uh, three different trade shows this past year uh, signed up for three more this year but that one of those has already been canceled with the virus so that's kind of looking like that's not going to be as promising um, as you mentioned podcasts we'd like to kind of get the word out through podcasts we feel like we can really tell our story and um, and be able to uh, just let you know we're, we're we're we built this for us and uh, it's not um, somebody in, in India that's just trying to take your credit card or something. It's <laughs> right. it's for uh, it's it's for the the people that that want to use it and enjoy it. So um, so that the podcasts work really well for us. We're just getting the word out there and um, and then uh, one of our big strategies we, we haven't released much on this yet. We will in the upcoming months is uh, we do have a whole corporate program uh, where we work to kind of work as like a benefit for employees, uh, still kind of, you know, keeping that under wraps a little bit. And then we have a, a charity side to our business where, uh, we're about to launch a, um, a platform there that we can add a lot of value to the, to the conservation groups. Um, and so just some things in the works there where we can partner with these different, um, NGOs and, uh, large corporations to help us get the word out and, um, trying to get creative with, with how we can add value to, to everybody involved.
3: Cool. How big is your team?
4: We, we've got really five core guys, uh, one girl. Uh, so we've got Rayleigh that runs our social media. Um, John is one of our main guys on the support and sales side. Um, Mark is, a, um, is handling like our tech lead position and then we've got two interns that just help with kind of day-to-day outreach and um and then we've got a few other guys we outsource a lot of our our work to just uh different people that we work with in our accelerator and um and just through different relationships in the um in the in the industry
3: That's cool. What accelerator program did you go through? down in Arkansas. Not Arkansas. Alabama. Uh, this is the A it's South. Yeah, we went
4: through the the <laughs> University of Alabama's um just Edge Accelerator is what they called it. Um, we, they started it, I guess the first year we started our business. Um, I mentioned earlier some of the competitions we won. Um, we won a few of their competitions and then that got us accepted into their Accelerator program and uh, again came with funding and we're still based in their kind of incubator office space. We've got we've got free um, free rent here for our team and just state-of-the-art facility and a lot of resources at our disposal between the university, the city, and um, and then just kind of their investor network through the through the overall GAN accelerator network.
3: Sounds like they have a good ecosystem down there for that. That's pretty cool. It's a huge, incredible resource to have that.
4: Absolutely, it's been a, it's been a blessing for sure.
3: And so, are you? It sounds like you're taking advantage of. Not advantage is the right word, but you're definitely leveraging the platform for yourself too, right? As a, you're treating yourself as a customer in some cases. You mentioned you would access some public land, and that went well for you.
4: Yeah, so I, I swap often. I usually do uh, probably about two or three swaps a year. Uh, very early on, I guess I was I did more hosting um, and just hadn't had time to take the trips myself. So some of those I've been able to take recently, but um, but time is the the biggest factor there. We do a lot of traveling um, and this is just a, a great way to do it. And after I, I was able to finish my grand slam, which kind of mentioned earlier in the story about um, being my number one thing on the bucket list that uh, that was cool to finish that through this platform and kind of made it a full circle. Um, now my next goal is the, the super slam and checking off the state. So uh, this year we were able to check off Tennessee and Missouri and, um, and hopefully we can check off some more next next season. That's cool. Greg, that look I think
3: that's like something you wish you could do.
2: yeah, turkey hunting uh, or I'd, I'd actually like to go kill a whitetail in every state. I think that was kind of something I thought about doing some years ago, but don't know if that's really uh, in the cards as of late. so uh, but yeah, that, it'd be cool to be able to go say I hunted. I fished or something in every state. I mean every just about every state I go to I I do buy a fishing license and I go, you know, Florida, Montana, South Dakota, Wyoming. I've been there and fished. So it was kind of cool.
3: Last time I traveled That's really
4: neat. Yeah, start collecting those those licenses and yep. put them in a, a scrapbook or something. That's yep. Smart. I fished Florida when I was,
3: was at Disney World. We fished their pots. Florida's a great was, state to fish, but man. it was cheating. It was like it was. Cheating. It might be, but there were so is, many huge bass.
2: That is a mecca for fishing. I mean, you can go freshwater, you can go in between, you can go out deep in in the ocean. There's so many different things you can catch in Florida.
3: Our buddies over at uh, Outdoor Drive caught a shark.
2: Yeah, they were the other day. Uh, yeah, they were in the Atlantic. Trev, I mean, like. Wow, yeah. I don't even know what that thing was. It's a called thresher. a thresher. Thresher shark, yeah. I don't
3: know what that is. It looked cool. Huge fin. Yep. Tail fin <laughs> or whatever.
0: They we
3: should get, get you in touch with those guys. They have, Florida, I bet you they'd have a ton of trips that they could trade. Yeah. Those guys are nuts Trev, in a good way.
2: Trev does some pretty serious water falling out on the ocean, too. So if you are you got guys looking to shoot their first eider. Outdoor or,
3: Drive podcast, guys, yep, yeah.
2: Yep, go check them guys out.
3: They're a little bit more well-rounded than we are. We're pretty focused on, like, whitetail and stuff, and taking an interest in business, so we love talking about this stuff too. But those guys cover all sorts of stuff, man. They're yep. they're all over, uh, but they're out on the East
2: Coast, ish. Yep, Connecticut. Yeah,
4: yeah. Those will be some great guys. Like I said, that's I think most of our swaps, the majority of them we had to pick one state, would be between Alabama and Florida. Um, a lot of a lot of opportunity in Florida with, with hunting and fishing, and mm-hmm. especially like the Osceola turkey hunting, being the only place you can get it. We We've right. got a lot of those trips on there and, uh, and they, all of those guys get, get blown up every spring for, for people wanting to trade with them. That's so cool. I'm
2: sure they
3: do. Um, so I you guys... John Mulligan, Johnny Utah with Johnny Utah creative and bourbon barrel calls. And what he's got too much going on for me to name, but he did. He talked to us about his grandson that he was going to do and he did it. Mm-hmm. He used our audio for the video he was in, which is kind of cool. I think it's on like carbon TV or something. Um, That's good stuff, man. You've done, you've sweat the accomplishment. Like that's not, it's your baby, right? You put, um, you've invested your time, money, sweat and, and life into this entity and it's, you know, clearly there's adoption and it's, and it's working and people are using it and you have good plans for the, for the short term and the long term. It sounds like, uh, we'd be happy to help in any way that we can sort of, you know, pumping the message out there. Um, it's pretty cool. How do people find it? Just so I don't, I don't want to lose anybody at the end or anything like that. Just make sure we get the plug in there too. We'll get it again at the end. But where should people go?
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Appreciate the compliment there. It's we've definitely uh, we had a lot of a lot of wins and success so far, but we're we're far from where we want to be, and we've got some big goals for what all we can offer, and uh, you know how all we can add value to this industry. But um, but the main the the website is tripsfortrade.com. dot uh, That's the number four. And from there, you can you can go on our trips tab and look at all our trips and use the filters and kind of see stuff that interests you. Uh, if you know it's something you want to join, then you can just click sign up. Um, our annual membership is typically one hundred and twenty five dollars for the year. Uh, with that, you can go on as many swaps as you want. There's no transaction fees. And as mentioned earlier, that's really kind of a credibility barrier right there. Um, we want people in here that are serious about trading and um, and and can be trusted and. That kind of helps tailor towards that. Um, but with, for for this audience, we we create a little promo code for twenty percent off, and um, that code is just W2H20. Uh, so you can use that there, save save twenty percent, and um, and once you create a listing, we we'll, we look forward to connecting you with with any trips that are left on your bucket list. That's pretty cool, man. That's awesome. Let's
3: um, switch gears, and you know, obviously, we plant the seed every episode for every guest. Like my favorite thing, uh, it, re- it really is. It's Everybody not even, likes a story. That's it. That's what I think. I think it's the quintessence of hunting. It's the it's the memories that are made, uh, and obviously you are uh, create. You've created a platform that literally is manufacturing memories. So, um, I'd love to hear your most memorable hunt, man.
4: That's that's a tough one. Um, we always fortunate is fortunate enough to have a lot of <laughs> a really good hunt. Um, we, we I think all of my Grand Slam hunts through Transfer for Trade, especially the ones with my dad, um, were just super memorable and um, and impactful for me. Uh, but I would have to say this past turkey season, opening day might might take the cake. So um, I'll walk you guys through that. We we also have a, a brand called Grand Slam Outdoors, and we host a, a turkey invitational in the spring where um, we're basically locals can compete in this contest it's a two man team you can kill two birds and uh the winner wins a bunch of prizes from our partners and uh cash as well so just a fun way to kind of bring in turkey season and um and kind of uh just hang out with all your hunting buddies and and add a little challenge to the to the turkey hunt too so um for that that hunt I always hunt with my dad in, in our tournament and um, we you know we we started the morning off we had a, a good friend hunter phelps he does some uh some content creation for us and he was there filming the hunt and uh we started back on the on our our family farm right there behind our house and had a bird goblin in the distance and we um we took off and we just couldn't get him to commit um to us i mean it was actually two birds they were they were hammering everything we'd throw at them um and we just couldn't get them to break away from the hens and uh come out of this bottom and uh we were worried that you know if we went if we cut any distance on them we would bump them but um but finally we just kind of talking to my dad it was, he was like why don't you and hunter just take off you know y'all slip down there and see if y'all can cut some distance because we've been on these birds for about two and a half hours or so and um and it was like all right we're gonna try it he said i'll just hang back up here because three people is a lot to try to try to make that kind of move um and so we we slipped down in the bottom and we're right around the bend from them probably 60, 70 yards from these two birds. Their dad, dad's still calling back up on the hill and, um, and they're hammering every time he, he calls and, um, and we're, you know, we're cutting distance every time they gobble. And finally we get pretty close. Next thing we know, Hunter and I hear a gunshot in the distance and, um, it scared both of us a little bit, made sure it wasn't my gun that went off. And, um, and then finally we look at each other and realize it was dad that had shot and check my phone real quick. And, he sits sends me a picture he's in the meantime he's caught up another bird from the distance and it's the biggest bird he's ever killed in his life it's just a, a stud turkey and um and so hunter and i are over there trying not to yell and high five because we still got birds that gobble to the gunshot right here inside 75 yards and uh, anyways long story short we, we couldn't close the deal on those two birds unfortunately um but we were so excited we had to get back to go check out the bird that dad had shot and um went back and and it was by far his um his biggest bird it had inch and nine sixteenths spurs and um I think like 11 and a half inch beard just a just a giant um just turkey for alabama and um really for anywhere and so he was he was pumped and kind of the bring the story full circle my uh, my grandfather took him on his first turkey hunt as well and that was the spot where uh where he took him. And that was a spot where he killed his first bird, like within, within 30 to 50 yards of where he killed that one. And, um, and just kind of, uh, kind of brings it full circle with the, the memories that, that we have with my grandfather. And, and then to top it off, when we, uh, we entered in the, the competition that day, I think there was about 35 or 40 birds brought in uh, to be, to be scored. And uh, dad ended up winning the biggest bird with his. And um, so all that was kind of the, something that was super important to me my dad had he'd put up his gun until last year um and only taken me for like 10 years um and never you know it was just super selfless always took me my sister and friends and he'd scout for us and then um and then guide for us and call for us well the last last two years i've been calling for him a little bit and and he's brought the gun back out and um and it was neat to kind of see him and that success and um and be able to just bring in a, a legendary bird like that
3: that's a great story. I know, I know what it's like when you get so excited, when someone else gets something you're like, Oh, we got to go check it out you know, you just got to be there with them in that moment <laughs> and forego your own hunt because it's just that exciting.
4: That's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, we were, we were like, we, you know, patience might kill the two birds that, that Hunter and I were on, but it's like, we just got to go see this bird. We gotta go celebrate with dad. And, uh, and and that was you know that that made the season right there just how happy he was and uh, the story that came along with that.
3: That's super cool. Cool. That's great. It's one thing that I still haven't done yet is turkey hunt. I think that's going to change
2: officially this yeah. Next it will season. this spring. You're going to apply with me here soon. What's
3: funny though, Greg, is I have bought turkey tags. For like that's when I was whitetail no. gun hunting, but that's during the fall. Yeah, sure, for... but I've tried. I've tried to at least like that was not
2: trying put does not a bird count. in my
3: crosshairs because You're almost just... every time I've whitetail hunted, I've seen turkey. And the f- legitimately the first time I buy tags, thinking, okay, well, you know, whatever, maybe I'll probably see them again. Nothing, nothing, you know, classic, classic turkey move. <laughs> My but buddy calls them, thund- well, thunder chickens. Thunder or, chickens. But he, well, he's actually he too calls them, gross. well, Greg uh, Byers, who you know, yeah. calls them jungle monsters because <laughs> he did not know. I have a buddy that doesn't hunt ever. He's like a city boy, which is fine. He He's okay with that. And he comes hunting just to hang out with the fellows for, for gun deer season here in Wisconsin. Super traditional, whatever. You know, we, we put him in like a spot. We tell him where to go and it's zero dark hundred in the, in the morning and he's walking out there and some turkeys were coming out of roost, but he didn't know what that was. He'd never really been in the woods. It scared the living daylights out of him. So he's like freaking jungle monsters are coming out of the trees. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny.
4: That's awesome. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to try it in the spring. It's a, it's a different, uh, totally different, different animal, but you're, nope. you're, you're going to be addicted and you're going to spend a lot more money and you're going to want to travel more and, uh, so you got to be ready for all of that. But aside from that, you need to try it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of, it, it's been a matter of time. I've hit my time. We're good to go. And now I got this guide here, uh, Teddy Bear Greg, that'll help me out. Guide. That's funny. <laughs> you're my spirit guide. Sure.
2: <laughs> I'm going to put you in a pair of tennis shoes like I killed my turkey this spring. If that's
3: what, if that's what gets the job done. Tennis shoes Lucky in the rain, you're going to forget
2: your rain jacket. I'll probably wear my Crocs. I
3: don't wear Probably tennis will. shoes. Yeah, I've got Crocs on like 24/7. That are my gum leaves, mm. which are like as comfortable as Crocs if I'm being honest.
2: Shameless plug.
4: It's not that. Uh, you guys just have to come down to Alabama and uh, we'll be able to put you on a turkey and you can say it's the it'll be your new most memorable hunt maybe.
2: That'd be cool. And maybe we have you up here to do a a Lake Michigan salmon fishing or something.
3: There you go. See, there's a trip for trade right there, Greg. You can bring someone salmon fishing. You got. I went out with you, and we left my house at like one thirty in the morning or two or something. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: We were on the lake by Lake Michigan by like four o'clock. The first fish was in the boat at four thirty a.m. before the sun even came up. Really, I think you just reshared that post. It was a big fish.
4: (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. It wasn't even the biggest one of the day.
2: No, it wasn't the biggest one of the day, but it was fun. You you got to make a memory and see the the city skyline early in the morning while reeling in a king, so that was pretty sweet. Yeah,
3: it's a lot of work reeling those big fish in. <laughs> Freaking hand hurts after a while. Actually, I just went out again like uh, a weekend or two ago for Father's Day, my, uh, my father-in-law, and I was reeling in one of these fish, and I actually got a blister on my thumb from reeling so much.
2: We gotta to toughen you up.
3: <laughs> it was huge. I was like, "What is this?" It's like this big bubble,
2: you know. You don't do enough yard work, or I something, guess maybe, not. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Those little sally hands of yours. <laughs>
4: hey, that's great, great problem to have. Though. At least you, at least you reeled one in. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I, Slade. Uh, first of all, I love the name. I don't. I'm, you're the only Slade that I know, and I think it's probably one of the coolest names I've ever heard. If I, if I gotta say so. Um we appreciate they you being that. on the show. I don't know if you've heard that before.
2: He's you got stars have. in his eyes when he says your name. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
4: it's it's uh, it was something my mom actually made up when uh, when they were trying to come up with something a little different. So uh, it it's been pretty neat. But I appreciate that. I Appreciate the compliment.
3: Yeah, it worked. How about that? That's
2: good. Better than like
4: Eric. You know, it's
2: pretty boring. Slade, where can we find yeah. you?
4: Yeah. So, uh, real, real involved on, on Instagram. Uh, I've got accounts on, I guess, all social media, uh, just at Slade, Johnston, um, got go wild, you do, um, and then all your traditional ones. And then as far as trips for trade, we have accounts everywhere as well. It's just at trips for trade and give us a follow. We, we, we try to post trips about, you know, daily of different ones we add and uh, what they're looking for and, um, so, so give us a follow and, and, check us out there. And then like I said, go to tripsfortrade.com and we'll hopefully get you on your, uh, your next bucket list trip. That's
3: awesome. You guys made the jump to TikTok yet before it gets banned?
4: We, we have, we've actually got a, uh, a, a kind of a growing TikTok account, but, um, or personally, personally, I guess I do, but trying to, trying to figure it out with the, with the trips for trade page. Yeah. Um.
3: It's a weird one, but there's something uh, there. <laughs> it,
4: it is. They get a lot of views. It's, it's but it, you're right. It's just kind of interesting where it's headed. Nobody, I think, anybody really knows where it's headed. But, um, but it can't hurt to be, uh, to to be putting content out another, there.
3: Another tentacle out there for you. Well, thanks again for your your time. Uh, you're obviously. Um, you know, a busy person running a company and a team and growing what you got going on. So we appreciate you being on our show in the OK's uh, Hunter studio. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll end the live feed and uh, we'll get this thing produced tonight. So we'll hang out with you for a minute to debrief. But thanks again.
2: Thank
4: you. Thank you, guys. I've enjoyed it. Uh, appreciate y'all having me.
0: Hey guys, Taryn Hunt here with eHunter.com, back again this week with your articles. For last week, um, we didn't have a lot of articles, but the ones that we did put up were pretty fantastic. They had a lot of really good information in there, and so if you haven't checked them out, I'll do a quick rundown uh, of what they are, but uh, again, if you haven't checked them out, go ahead and check out our, our site, eHunter.com, that's E-H-U-N-T-R.com. Today I'm going to start in Idaho. Um, As you guys well know, there's been several poaching incidents across the United States, especially in the western United States uh, already this year, and in Idaho there were six men that actually pled guilty to uh, poaching in Idaho. Um, You can check out the details on that on the website, but uh, pretty sad to see another poaching incident um, in another great hunting state. going to jump down to my home state of Colorado. Um, We uh, put up an article last week of the impacts that COVID is going to have on hunting in Colorado. I think there's been a lot of people asking the questions, will there be impacts from from COVID as far as access and dates and things like that? And so you can check out that article and uh, see some of the impacts that Colorado is going to experience because of COVID or is experiencing because of COVID. We we'll jump up to South Dakota, um, and this one is kind of—it's something that's been happening in other states for quite some time, which is the habitat fee. And uh, South Dakota has now initiated that habitat fee, and, and there's people on both sides of the fence of this. Either you're, you're for it and you know appreciate the extra money going into conservation and wildlife, or you look at it as though it's more money out of your pocket. So, um, again, we have the details in the article about South Dakota initiating that habitat fee. Last but not least um, this is kind of a, a general um, article that was written. The US Appeals Court um, agreed uh, with grizzly protection, keeping grizzlies, or protecting grizzlies, and I know grizzlies are a sensitive subject um, especially across some of the states here in the West um, as we're seeing some you know, grizzlies in Wyoming and other states um, Everybody wonders what's gonna happen with them, how they're gonna be managed and controlled. Uh, In that article, um, we talk about what the appeals court, their thoughts behind it, what their thoughts are behind it, and and why they made the decision that that they have made. So anyways, go and check that article out. And that is it, guys, for last week. We've already got a couple articles up this week. So if you, again, you haven't checked them out, go onto the website and and read those articles. Let us know your thoughts. You guys can leave comments on the website. You can leave comments on our social media platforms or you can shoot us an email. My email is H, which is T E R R O N H at ehunter.com. Thanks guys. <laughs>
6: Hey everyone, Anthony Heller here with Vane and this week's to the week has to deal with tree stand height. So if you're in an area, you got a great spot, you like how it looks, but you can't find any trees that give you cover in that 12 to like 16, 12 to 18 foot range, and all you have are tall, naked trees. My best advice is to get as high as you can. So get to that 20, 22, 25 foot mark. So you're just getting straight up out of the field of view of those deer as they're coming through. Just really try to get out, get up as high as you can. That's option a option B really is to just create a ground blind, get on the ground, build some cover up and make sure that you position yourself. So when the deer come in, you can use a tree, as a blanket of cover to draw your bow or raise your gun or whatever it is you need to do but just have some sort of obstacle in front of you so that when the deer come through you have the ability to move and and get set up and then if that doesn't work that's b option c option would be to set up at your normal height you know your 12 13 15 foot range but use that tree as a blocker so position yourself So that that tree is between you and the deer or where you think the deer are going to come from, um, in saddle hunting, that's pretty much how it works. But with tree stands, essentially you'd set it up and then, um, you'd be sitting in the tree stand and just always kind of looking behind you and what, or then, and then lastly, you know, magic hour, the last hour, what I do then is I just stand up and I face the tree and I just try to be ready at, for that whole last hour, just really try to focus on being ready. So that's my tip of the week. I hope that helps, guys, and you can find it useful this fall. Catch you later.
3: All right, thanks, Anthony. That was a great tip. Um, You know, I always say your tips are far more practical than the ones I would come up with, which is why we love having you do that segment of the show. Uh, please head on over to DeerVane.com and subscribe to anthony's youtube channel and instagram also if you haven't checked out e hunter they are looking for writers so if anybody wants to become a published writer uh, they are open for opportunities so please check them out also and uh, i'd be remiss if i didn't get a shameless plug in look we have an app it's uh, the where to hunt app same name as the podcast i know we're super creative over here but Uh, It's an app that helps you identify um, occupied and unoccupied hunting land. So keep that in your back pocket as the season approaches. And if you love the podcast and what we're doing with this uh, particular show and the live call-ins when we get them, um, if you like the tactic talk and the memorable hunts, rut club radio or any of the things we're doing along with our partnerships with e hunter and deer Vane, etc you know look leave leave us a review give us some feedback we'd love to you know get some of that information and if you want to be a part of the shot of the week uh we do have a link on our instagram bio where you can leave us a recording and we can just plop it in there otherwise we often uh don't collect those as soon as we should and i'll go live on instagram after the show and uh, scoop a couple up which is where the last couple have come from so a lot of fun we're, we're, we're having a ton of fun here and doing this stuff you know we're meeting a lot of great people our guests are awesome so thank you to all of those guys and gals that are on the show and thanks to you all for being our uh I don't know our listeners or I don't know if I want to call you loyal I'm not sure I always just assume no one's really listening but I think some of you are and we appreciate it you know if it wasn't for y'all listening we wouldn't do it maybe we would maybe we probably would Anyway, thanks for putting up with all of our shenanigans and all that good stuff. If you have any ideas for topics or guests, like we're super open, send us a a note on uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, send us an email, whatever. You know, we're all over the place. So we appreciate it. Have a great day. Have a great week and hunt public.